Well, we are continuing this series on Hold Nothing Back, and today we're talking about obedience. And I do want to let you know that before church, right before church, my mom called, and she's one of the few people that I'll answer, like right before church. Like if she called me during church, I would answer, okay? But she called me right before church, and, and she said, what are you preaching on? And I said, I'm preaching on obedience. And she goes, ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that, mom? She goes, we need this. And, and I would agree. We do need to hear about hold nothing back obedience. It is a good one. It's very important. Deal Moody said this, there'll be no peace in any soul until it's willing to obey the voice of God. You want peace in your life, you start obeying the voice of God, you're going to have more peace. Matter of fact, we're going to find out as we look into John 14 today, we're going to see that God even has a special closeness to us while we obey him. And so we're going to get more peace through obedience. We're going to get more intimacy with God through obedience. And this obedience is going to be birthed out of the love that we have for him. Now, many of us are doing our whole Nothing Back Life groups thoroughly enjoying it, whether it's in person or on Zoom. So glad that we're doing it. And as we continue to do this, uh, the life group will be talking about Abraham and the obedience that he had going to a place that he didn't know about. I mean, just following God and listening to his voice. Great thing for our life groups. But today, I want to focus on the teaching that Jesus did in John 14. And I'll, I'll read this verse. I don't want to go any further, but in John 14, uh, verse 21, this is Jesus. He's speaking. He says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Isn't it interesting? He's saying, if you love me, you'll obey me. And when you obey me, I'm loving you more. And as you, I'm loving you more, I'm going to reveal myself to you and I'm going to show you who I really am. And I just, I just can't help but just grab a hold of this and say, I want to see the importance of obedience and I want to help us as a church to understand the, the, the just deep, deep of importance of saying, I want to hold nothing back. I want to obey. Now, there's a few words that are used in the Bible and I'll help you to get some understanding um, in the Old Testament, the word for obey a lot of times is shama, okay? Shama, and that means to hear, to listen, to obey, and to listen in a position of submission. To, so when we're listening, we're listening and we're obeying, and we're in a position of submission, much like a soldier would be under their commander. Like, what are you saying? I'm hearing you, I'm listening, I'm ready to obey. I'm, whatever you say, I want to do. And there's another word in the uh, New Testament that's used for obey, uh, pithu, and it's used meaning to obey, to yield, to have trust, to believe in. And we're to hear and obey, to trust and obey. How many just went to that old song? You're old enough to know, trust and obey. Come on, anybody else know it? For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. All those people that just sang that qualify for the senior discount. I could tell. All right. All right. We're there. Come on. It's a great song. Great theology there. You get that out of the service right now, you've got something. There's something about trusting and obeying. Trusting and obeying and listening to what God has to say. So we're going to look at examples. We're going to look at his word again, but especially uh, John 14. But there's so much in there. I mean, Abraham obeyed. Joshua obeyed. He was afraid. And, and the Lord is speaking to him like, be, be strong and courageous. Obey. 
Obey what I'm going to tell you to do. Jonah disobeyed and then was swallowed by a great fish and then burped up and then got a second chance. All right. And, and, and then he's like, okay, now I'm really going to obey. Jesus obeyed everything the father said. It's all in the Bible. I'll just read a couple of verses. First Samuel 15, 22. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much is, as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Samuel's saying, you, you can't make a, a different deal that negates obedience. God wants obedience. That's so important. In Isaiah 119, this is a great verse. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. I want to be willing and obedient and get the good things from God. That's the way I want to live. Acts 5.29, the disciples are talking and the authorities have said, you must obey us. And the disciples say back to them, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. We have to obey God. He is over us. And then here's an ouch verse from Jesus speaking in Luke 6.46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Why do you say that and then not obey it? Why do you not follow through? And it's clear from all these stories that, and all these scriptures that God wants prompt obedience. God wants us to have total obedience. His grace in our lives gives us the ability to live in obedience. And how many know God does not want to have to say your middle name? I knew it was serious when my mom and dad upped it from Robert to Robert Ferdinand Ketterling. I told somebody my middle name the other day. He goes, did you like the book, Ferdinand the Bull? I'm like, not really. No, I didn't. Yeah. All right. But I knew when they said the middle name, it was getting serious. And God does not want to say your middle name. He wants you to obey prompt right away. And you're going to live better. You're going to have the peace of God. You're going to know him better. So let's look at John 14. Jesus in this chapter. By the way, John 14 is loaded with all sorts of ifs. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. You know, he has all these ifs, ifs, ifs. And one of these ifs is in there about if we love him, we'll obey him. He's speaking to his disciples. And this one really has a special importance for us because this, he's given them directions for when he comes back from the dead and when they're going to be on mission for, the, for him. And so he's giving them like special instructions that really, really apply to us as well. And in John 14, verse 15, he says this. I'll read the three little verses about obeying. If you love me, obey my commandments. Pretty simple. In John 14, 21, he says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. And then in John 14, 23 and 24, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. He says, if you love me, you're going to obey me. If you love me, now, there's a lot of different words in the Bible that are used for love. There's four primary, four primary words that are used for love. And the one that is used here is the word agape love. It's the highest level of love. It is a 
chosen love, an intentional love, a self-sacrificing love. And he said, if you have this love, if you love me intentionally, self-sacrificing, if you really have chosen and you say, I love you, Lord, then you're going to obey what I have to say. And I want to let you know that this is a test. This is a test. Like if you love him, you'll obey. And I don't want you to fail the test. I don't want to fail the test. I want to love him. I want to have this love in me that's active, that's moving from the inside out. And I'm going to love him and obey. And I, I just, real love brings about real obedience. And, and, and it should be reflected for the whole world to see. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, the final test of love is obedience. It's the real test. It's not just words. It's not just emotions. Our love for Jesus is revealed in the obedience. And our self-love is revealed in our disobedience. So this is one of those things where you say, God, I want to obey you. I desire to obey you. And the sad thing for me to observe as pastor, not just of our church, but in church in general, it feels like we have taken on a la carte Jesus. Like you're like, yeah, that's really tough. I, I'm, that's, that's out. And well, that, that's optional. And then you read it and you're like, well, that one's good for her, but not me. And it was like a la carte Jesus. And we've made it like, uh, like Jesus is so into my happiness and my freedom. And he really wants me to be happy. And because he wants me to be happy, he's just like not making me do the things that he wants me to do. I have a la carte Jesus and it's very sad. And we, we act as if the greatest goal for Christians is to be happy. Happy with our own choices, happy with our own will, happy with our own life. And we, we just make Jesus, we almost make Jesus obey our desires. Like, Jesus, here's what I'd like to do today. So if you could uh, take care of this. And by the way, you have to forgive me because you love me. And so I got you on a technicality there, Lord. And uh, does that, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But sadly, it feels like that's the way we're living, and many people act like Jesus and them have a side deal. Like, yeah, Jesus, he doesn't, he doesn't make me do that. He, he knows my heart. He knows my heart, and he knows, like, what's on the inside, and so he doesn't ask me to reflect it on the outside. He just knows on the inside I'm good. That's not what I see from the Bible. That's not what I, I see that our heart and our actions are connected. And I see that he said, if you love me, agape, from your heart, chosen, you really want to do this, you're sacrificial, you're going to obey me. You're going to do what I said. And, and, and so, church, I don't want us to miss and fail this test. And more personal this, I, I don't want you, Christian, you, individual, you, to miss this. I don't want to miss it. Because he doesn't say, you know, if the church loves me, he says, if you if you love me, you will obey my commandments. And this isn't just a, a statement. This is a soul-searching moment for us to say, like, okay, God, are, 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 we, are we really serious? Do we really love you? Are we really going to obey? How serious are we leaning into this? And I'm reminded of my parents when they gave their life to Jesus Christ. They gave their life to Jesus Christ as adults. Now, I, I said yes to Jesus when I was seven. They were adults. And it was about the same time they said yes to Jesus. They'd been raised in church, and they were familiar with church, but they had never made Jesus their Lord and Savior. And when they did that, 
They had just a new love for Jesus, a new desire to serve him. And they started reading the Bible more in depth and wanted to read it from cover to cover. And so they're reading the Old Testament and they got to all these rules about like what you could wear and what you could eat and what you could do. And so they scheduled a meeting with the pastor. And they went and they said, hey, we're just, you know, we're trying to figure this out. I mean, we love Jesus and we want to obey him so much. So we saw that you're not supposed to eat, like it appears like lobster is out and shrimp is out. And we just want to know. And then we're not sure. It says you can't blend the fabric together. So we're not sure if we should wear cotton poly blend. And so if you could just give us, you know, some direction, it seems kind of funny, doesn't it? But they really did. They're like, we just want to obey. So if you could just tell us what we can eat and what we can't, we didn't know this, we're reading it. And then he explained to them, in the Old Testament, there's moral law. And he said, that's good for all time that we should obey. He said, then there was civil law for Israel on how they should live as a people. And now that that nation and now that Jesus has come, that civil law is, there's some good things in there. Don't have to follow it anymore, but there's great principles that we can apply. And he said, and then there's ceremonial law of how God wanted to be worshiped back then before Jesus. And again, those were all things that were pointing to how we could worship Jesus in spirit and truth. But we, you know, those are just principles and shadows that point. So again, the thing that we have to obey is the moral law and, and that, but the other things are just, they're good principles and we're not worried about shellfish anymore. So you can go to Red Lobster and don't burn your jumpsuit. It's okay. You can wear that. Okay. All right. But here's the thing that I love about it. I love that they had a sincere heart. That they were like, Lord, we delight to do your will. They weren't like going to the pastor like, do we have to follow this? They're like, because if he wants us to do that, we're going to do that. We, if, he, if that's what God desires, we, we, we just want to make him happy. We, we love him so much for forgiving us and for giving us this grace that we just want to do whatever he wants. I love that. And I wish more Christians were like that rather than just saying, you know, God wants me to be happy. So he's cutting me a side deal. Now, there's good news on this obedience. God is clear in this passage that the Holy Spirit is going to help us obey. Because you look at all, like, okay, the things that God asks us to do, I'm actually working on a sermon up ahead, like the hard things Jesus asks us to do. You know, it's very, like, he's like, do all these things. They're very hard to do if you had to do it in your own strength. And, and then he says, not only that, I weigh your motives, okay? It's even more, like, difficult. But the beautiful thing is, he says, I'm not leaving you alone to do this. In John 14, verse 15, it says, if you love me, obey my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you will know him because he lives with you and now and later will be in you. And so Jesus is saying, if you love me, obey me. And by the way, if you love me and are obeying me, I'm going to ask the Father. He's going to send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's going to live inside you and give you the strength to do this. He said, I'm sending an advocate. Some of your Bible translations might say comforter. And I want to explain this. It's the word parakletos and it means one called alongside of, but it doesn't mean that he's just kind of there. 
the, the meaning of the word means that he's like an expert witness on your behalf. He's given you expert advice in that moment. He's the expert guide to get you where you need to go. And when, he, when it talks about him being the comforter, it's not like when you're down and out, he's like, okay, and he's going to be there and he's just going to kind of rub your back and you're going to make it through. Okay, because he does that too, but he does way more than that. Instead, he's like this comforter, like this, like you're going to make it. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and a power of sound mind. And God's going to get you through this. You are more than a conqueror. Do you understand? And he's a cover. He's like in your corner. He's like, don't throw in the towel. You're going to make it. Come on. Now get up. Let's go. I know you failed, but now you can do it. You see, that's what he said. I'm going to send you the comforter that's going to be there with you. That's going to help you to obey what I told you to do. I like the Holy Spirit comforter like that. Now that's just the kind of church I, we have here. Like, you know, I know there's churches that are like, he's Pat. You know, I'm like, he's like, come on, let's go. All right, that's what, but that's what the Bible says. He's more than just comforting us in our downtimes. He's encouraging us to do these things. Man, that is what the word of God says. And so when we, when we obey him, the, the Holy Spirit is helping us to obey the things that Jesus teaches, the things that are there. There's a huge payoff. We reap so many benefits, which I already said, like Jesus reveals himself to us in a greater way. And I just want to use this verse in verse 23. It says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. And this implies just such a closeness. And it's believed that this is even referring back to Exodus 25 through 40, where God says, I'm going to make a place to dwell, to dwell among you. And he gave Moses clear instructions. He said, this is how big the tabernacle should be, exact dimensions. This is the type of fabric and wood and gold and things that you should decorate with. This is exactly how the priest should wear the clothes and what clothes they should wear. And he gave them exact things to obey. And Moses obeyed those things. And as soon as Moses has finished doing all those things that God says, then the Bible tells us in Exodus 40 that God came and dwelt among them. He obeyed it. He didn't say like, well, we cut corners. God, we changed the size. We skimped on the fabric. No, he did it exactly what he was told to do. And that obedience leads to a moment that God's glory and his presence comes there. So there's some thought that in John 14, he's kind of referring back to just like as Moses obeyed everything, God came and dwelt there. And now as you obey, God has a special, close relationship in your obedience. Let me just, I, I kept thinking about how do, we, how do we just illustrate this? And I mean, like when, when the Ryder Cup was here years ago, um, John Bevere, John Bevere is a friend of mine and John and I were close, but then John said, hey, it's Ryder Cup. And he said, I want to come see the Ryder Cup. And then he realized there were no hotels available. And I said, why don't you stay at our house? And so John came and stayed at our house. And also Corey Demmel stayed at our house. And Chris Harrell stayed at our house. And every room in our house was filled. And Becca said it was like a frat house minus the drinking. Okay, so it was like, she said it was all golf and guys. And she was like, okay, all right. And every day we'd go to the thing and then we'd, 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 talk golf at night. And you know what happened when he was there living in the house? 
I got to know him in a better way. I could see like when he woke up, what he had for breakfast and he had blueberries every day. I was like, why do you have blueberries every day? And he had a lemon and he had this and he did this. And then we said, and, and I watched and we became closer and we talked about things because we were sitting at the breakfast table because we were close. And I'm telling you, when you obey and God makes his home or his abode, some translations say his abode, where he, he's right there, you're going to have a greater intimacy with God. You're going to understand more about him and you're going to be just the, the payoff, the benefit, the closeness that's there. I'm just telling you, some people say like, I want deeper teaching. God's like, I want deeper obedience so I can get closer to you. Why don't you obey what you already know instead of making it optional and then I'll get closer to you and then you'll learn more about me. Man, I love, love, love what God does in drawing close to us in the obedience. I love him so much, I wanna obey him. And I know you do too. Let me give you some practical steps. You've gotta love Jesus first. Your love for God is what births that obedience. So if you say, well, I'll obey him and then I'll, no, I'm gonna love him and I'm gonna obey him, okay? And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, at all of our campuses and of course online, we give an opportunity for people to say yes. And you would start with that, Jesus, I love you. I receive that forgiveness. And from that love flows the obedience. So many people that are religious wanna be, be obedient and fall in love. And God's like, receive my love and obey, okay? Second thing is find out what his commandments and teachings are and then and, and dig deeper. I mean, just, just Dig deeper, find out what they are. Just keep like, what, does, what else does it say? What else did Jesus want us to do? What else does the Bible say that we should do as followers of Jesus Christ? And you start digging in and trying to find out what they are. I had one person say after a sermon, they were like, oh man, you preach that sermon. Now I'm accountable. Now I know what the Bible says. I said, wrong attitude, you know? I mean, could you imagine, you know, being married and your wife tells you what she likes? And you're like, oh man, now I know what you like. Now I have to buy it for you. That'd be terrible, right? You want to know what his teaching and commandments are and then love to do them, all right? Third thing would be this. Stay true to them always. Stay true to the teachings of Jesus always. We used to pray over our boys before they go to bed almost every night. God, give them the courage to do what is right and to stand up for what is right no matter what. Even if no one else stands up with them, let them stand up and do the right thing for you, Jesus. Right? You just determine, like, I'm going to stay true to them always. I'm never, I'm never going to walk away. All right? Number four, apply them to your life. Apply them. Apply them. Forgiveness, giving, going, purity. If it's a tough one, you're like, that's the one. Settle it right now. I love you. Therefore, I'm going to obey you. And I'm going to ask for the strength of the Holy Spirit to help me obey you. I just settle it right now. I'm obeying what you said, all right? Another one would be let the Holy Spirit comfort you in that victory. Some of you are like facing things that are just big up. You're like, oh, let the Holy Spirit, come on. Let him challenge you. Let him be in your corner. Let him cheer you on. Let him just encourage you. Come on, you can make this. And the last one would be this, keep loving Jesus. Keep loving Jesus. Adore him, praise him, worship him, pray to him, be in relationship with him. He's a living God. He's the living God. And you are in relationship with him. And so as you do that, as you are 
loving him, you're going to draw close to him and you're going to obey him. And as you obey him more, you're going to even draw more closeness with him and you're going to be so close. These are the things that will help us to do this. And it all flows from that love. And I'm praying that because we love him, we'll obey his commands. I'm praying that it be said about our church, about us as Christians, about me. That we don't walk it like a side deal. We don't walk it like the ultimate goal of life is for us to be happy. The ultimate goal is for us to bring glory to Jesus Christ and to be in obedience. And we're like, what do you want us to do? We're not going to call you Lord, Lord, and not do what you say. We're going to call you Lord, Lord, and have obedience. And so withhold nothing back. I couldn't help but think there's probably something that people are facing today and are saying, this is the one thing I've held back. You need to give it to Jesus. He will give you the strength. You need to say, Jesus, I will obey you in this. I know I talked to a young man the other day and he said, it's so tough. This is my struggle. And he said, but I'm going to give it to Jesus. I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. Even though everything in my life says run over here, even everything in my life says happy over here. He said, I will give this to Jesus and obey. I pray for each one of us to hold nothing back and to obey what Jesus says. So, Lord, I just pray that right now. I pray you'd speak to us. We'd hold nothing back. Lord, I just feel this so strong. There might be one thing that we're holding back, and it's keeping us from a deeper intimacy with you. It's keeping us from the breakthrough that could even win our neighbor to you or win our family. It's just, it's like an obstacle, and we just can't, obey in this area. And I'm praying, God, that we'd hold nothing back and we'd give it to you. We'd obey no matter what you say. We'd obey it. Give us the strength to do that because we don't do it on our own. Because the things you ask us to do, loving our neighbors, living pure in an impure world, you ask us to do these things, to go into all the world, to share our faith. There's certain things that just we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit to do. So I pray we'd have the power of the Holy Spirit to do these things. And you'd give us the strength to live saying, God, we will hold nothing back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.